code is logical. Even when it seems like it's being illogical, there is logic behind it because it's all written in a way. So when an email client is stripping something out, there's a reason they're doing that. And it's it's not always, you know, sometimes it's buggy the way that they've done it, but there's a reason it's buggy and it's because of this or because of that. So having that sort of idea of why these things are happening, I find that really fascinating and it makes me want to dig into it and understand it more. And I think that sort of, and because I have this fascination and, and I really just want for understanding why all the time, that's what's really helped me sort of dig in and get all this, get this knowledge around it, just because I'm really interested in it. It's like, why, oh, why is this not working? And then it's like, okay, looking into that and finding an answer. All right. Was that a lot of testing? Like I'm saying, then you like have ideas and you're like, okay, let's see if this will work. Let's try that. You know? Like. Yeah, yeah, and it's and lots of very small testing. So I'm doing a bit of testing around MSO styles at the moment. There's a new post coming out soon, and I'm just on a P tag, putting an MSO style, putting some values in it, sending it as a test. What happens? And that's just like a single like P element in like <laughs> that's it, and it's what what's happening there, and it's really sort of breaking it down into very, very small bits, and then uh -huh. you start adding it up. And it's the same when you get bug in your code you're sending. Just start pulling chunks of code out until the bug's not there anymore, and then slowly reintroduce them, and then you can find out and just find this. If you can the, the tiny... bug, yeah, if, if you can reproduce a bug with the smallest amount of code possible, then you can understand it. And that's, yeah, what's really, really helps. Today on Inboxing, Mark Robbins benevolent king at email geeks and he works for salesforce welcome back to another episode of inboxing inboxing has grown in such amazing ways i'm i'm so excited about today's guest and i want to make a big thanks and shout out to engage for sponsoring season two Engage is a fantastic platform for sending emails in so many ways. Email program, better and better. Anyway, so let's talk about the guest. Today's guest is Mark Robbins. And Mark Robbins, I, I don't know where he is today or let's see the guy, Remy, Remy Permatier. They were like, but I felt like always like Mark was like at the top of that totem pole or whatever. But like basically he was uh, and he is an email developer. But he was such a help and such a resource for all email developers because he was always able to hack the system. Yeah, and just add clue us into what's going on and how we can get around weird things that we're seeing on, on our test emails and, and how to fix everything, pretty much. So without any further ado, please welcome Mark Robbins. Lily Wirth says hi. And there he is. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good, thank God. You, know, I mean, you heard the intro. I'm curious to know how you felt about that. <laughs> well, that that's that's, a, that's a, <laughs> a big intro. Um <laughs> I just mess about with codes. I don't know. This, this just happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I mean, that seems to be like your personality and like that, you know, like, and yeah, I guess when we were like stuck, like we just felt like we we're up against a brick wall and like you, that didn't stop you. <laughs> you know, you're just like, okay, what's going on behind that wall? And let's figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, how did he get backstage? Like, that's unbelievable. <laughs> but anyway, let's jump into the questions. Mark Robbins. All right. So how did this all begin? No one started an email. Every guest has always said, yeah, I fell into email. So so how did you fall into email? Yeah, I, I fell into email. <laughs> so it was about 10 years ago. Um, I was unemployed. I was unemployed for about six months. So like the first half of 2012. Um, I was like scratching around trying to find work, looking at all kinds of stuff. Um, couldn't really, <laughs> yeah, wasn't getting much, many bites. And then a friend of mine 
the guitarist from the band I was in, he got me an interview at uh, the place where he was working in the marketing team. And yeah, I went, went to the interview, went well. They said, have you got experience of building HTML emails? Like, yeah. <laughs> How hard could it be? Um, so they gave me um, a little Photoshop document. It's all right, can you build this into an email just as a little sort of test project just to test my skills. So over the weekend, quick Google, how do you build HTML email? And then um, I sent something back and they, they was like, oh yeah, it's really good. They really liked it. Like, okay, cool. So I got the job. And yeah, it was really, it was, it was good. It was, uh, yeah, good fun working at companies and yeah, great people. And, and I just sort of started to dig into it a bit more and more to try and understand like email and why are things done in a certain way. And it's just, I saw a lot of opportunity there and just learned how to love it, really. It was a, it was a good time. <laughs> all right, that's awesome. I mean, I think we all kind of started that way also. But, you know, you know, oh, who can do email? Okay, I can do email. And then we used to, you know, get templates from Envato with a huge bloated code and it looked like something impossible to figure out. But then we eventually did. <laughs> did you ever buy any templates before, before, you know, before you made your own or you just started writing HTML code? Like, um, so I'd already done a bit of HTML before I did a, a little course, just sort of like an evening course, like in my previous job, and learned sort of the basics of HTML, CSS, and a tiny bit of JavaScript, and and so I could navigate around a website, and I could sort of you know do a bit of coding there and just make a few simple updates, and then when I started an email, it was find a template online and then just do my own thing with it, but then yeah, constantly sort of searching and finding resources where I could to try and teach myself as much as possible and try and understand it all. And there was not as many resources back then as there are now. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Did you always have a handle on like CSS? Like, cause like, you know, you'd, you'd find properties you've never heard of, you know, and, and find a hack using that property or. Yeah, so like CSS, I, I like, it, it makes sense to me. Um, HTML and CSS makes sense to me because it's all very visual and you can see it. And yeah, one of the things I did when I moved to working at Rebel and when I started there is I just went through the spec and I just read through CSS and I was like, okay, what can we use here? What can we, what little tricks and quirks are there in this that we can exploit to do something new and exciting cool. with email? So I just, yeah, I think I, I did literally just go through every single thing. It's like, okay, what's that to? Okay, read it. Okay, that's that, that's fine. That's what I expected. Like margins, okay, you got, this is how they work. Okay, that's simple. And then, yeah, just carrying on through. And, and I still do that to this day. It's just going, reading over the spec of CSS and HTML. Right, well, they keep expanding it, right? Like, I mean, CSS comes yeah, up. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff coming coming soon. So, um, oh, really? excited about well, it's it. gonna probably take another 20 years till it reaches email but uh <laughs> well I, I think we'll have um the has selector in it should hopefully be an apple mail uh maybe this year maybe next year um, oh really that exists already like a has selector so it's currently it's in safari tech preview okay. so that means it should be coming into safari soon ish maybe yeah maybe this year maybe next year and when it comes into safari when that that's updated apple mail gets updated at the same time so unless they block it which i don't see any reason why they would why do. would they would because uh -huh. like, apple mail is very free with the css they they're right they're, they're they're their best friend <laughs> then you can use right. the, the has selector and you can do a lot with that it will 
there's a lot more you can do with interactive email stuff when you're using uh-huh. a Hasbro because you you suddenly it changes the way the cascade works because you can put a selector on the parent element, which is dependent on things of the child. So you can say this body has this thing that's checked and then anything inside that body you can edit. So it doesn't have to be uh... something the checked item. <laughs> and also we can then start using select menus in interactive email because you can detect the if what is selected in a select menu with a has selector, um, which gives a load more options as well so that's uh that's something that's very exciting um i think we could do some some cool stuff with for sure can you tell us a little bit more about getting you know to rebel mail and like what you're doing there and then eventually you guys were bought by salesforce right yes so for rebel mail i just i was working away and in my job previously at learning people and i was enjoying that and it was good but i was sort of getting to a point where a lot of the stuff that i was interested in is sort of playing around with email and it was mm-hmm. quite samey what we were sending out and because that was that's what we were doing there wasn't a lot of opportunity to mix it up too much because you know it's one company doing one thing right it was standard um, working at a company that does regular email they don't want everything to be you know yeah. a game and also i automated a lot of the, the processes so sort of partly put myself out of the job which i've done many times <laughs> over the years um, but that's always a good thing to do if you can do that and I saw this article about a company that just raised like some seed funding to do a email startup doing like interactive email stuff. So, oh, it's amazing. I shared it on Twitter. Uh, I got three likes, two of which were the two founders of the company. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, brilliant. Okay, cool. So I got chatting to them and yeah, there were, there wasn't many people doing anything with interactive email at the time. Um, I sent right. them some, some of the stuff that I'd done and they, they'd already seen it. And they, they uh, so like they knew you, even though you didn't know them, they knew who you were. Uh, yeah, well, we sort of, I think we found out about each other around the same sort of time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we're doing the same stuff, although we're quite far apart. It seems to make sense for us to work together. And uh, I was the first employee at Rebel. So that was pretty cool. And that was that was really, really exciting. So I remember reading that article and I was like, oh, I'd love to work with these guys or do something like this. And then, yeah, getting that job. Did- did you stay in London? I mean, um, in in the UK for that? Like, did you? Yeah. Was it remote, or you went to the you went you went to so New York? I, right? I went to to DC, uh, Washington DC, DC. for uh, a month when I first started there, and worked there for a month. And it was sort of a bit of a let's just see how this works. And we'll we'll do, do that for a month and see if it if everything gels. And at the end of that month, do I want to move over there or? Are they okay with me being remote? And then, yeah, it went to being remote after that. And um, it worked really well. <laughs> so actually, you're one of the first remote, uh, you know, way before, you know, 2020, you were doing remote. Yeah, that was, I think it was maybe a year or two into the into Rebel being set up. There was six people working in the company in five different locations. It was, yeah, we had, I think we had someone in Puerto Rico, LA, New York, DC, <laughs> and me over in Brighton. The UK. So. Well, were you guys like an agency, like doing interactive emails for companies, or like what was the model? It was it was more of a tool, it's like a so like a self serve tool. So we would build the components, then you could come in and you could build. Oh, your, okay, like an editor that you could say. Yeah, but we were just doing the interactive part of the email. So you would paste in your code that goes like sort of around it, and we we would build the the interactive part. 
but we did sort of do particularly in the early days as you have to do a lot of hand holding so we were sort of effectively functioning as an agency to some extent for some of our clients because you know we were building the tool we didn't have it all there yet and we were learning what their needs were so um that was that was uh, good to sort of you know doing a bit of all angles of it so um building it up and then um and it got popular and salesforce thought that's a cool thing we should buy that let's <laughs> get one of those so um yeah so we yeah most of the team moved over to salesforce uh-huh. a lot of us are still still here Oh, I'm saying you're still, but you are working for Salesforce. Like, I just, I want to, like, so yeah, I'm saying some I'm, people I'm, left and went to work for Salesforce, but like, you're still so, basically so, doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So, um, we, yeah, the company, a few people sort of dropped off as the company was was bought. And then, yeah, I think, you yeah, know, a couple of people sort of moved around a bit, but yeah, most, most of us in Salesforce. So mostly I'm still working with the same people um, that I was working with at Rebel. Uh, we yeah, had sort of, People come into the team and go out of the team a little bit, but yeah, most of the So you're basically doing the same job, like the same, you know, same work. Yeah, just a slightly bigger scale, I think. <laughs> yeah, now it's a company of like 60,000, 70,000 people, which is. Right. Which is <laughs> a, a small company. A little bigger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that question took a while. But um, <laughs> right, what do you find most upsetting? You know, when you in your inbox, like what kind of emails do you get that you're just like, oh, what are they doing? Uh, for me, it's just user experience, like bad user experience, and a lot of that comes from companies thinking about themselves and not about the user. Like something like a no reply email address. Oh, they're a real pain because mm-hmm. you, know, you get all these out of office things bouncing back to you. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what what you're doing is you're you're going into somebody's inbox. You're going up to the, the user, to the customer. You're telling them something. Then you're covering your ears and walking away. You're not listening to any replies. It's just disrespectful. Like email is a two-way channel. Don't treat it as a one-way channel. Like you need to, like allow that. And you know if you if you have, there's ways of monitoring it. You can like you don't have to monitor that exact response. But if somebody re- hits reply to that email, give them an option. Re- like don't say this inbox is unmonitored. Say we're not using this inbox, but please forward it on here or do something like that to um, allow your user to interact. And other things like user experience is like withholding yeah. information. If I get an email telling me, oh, we've got an update on your account or you've got a new message or something like that, it's like, right, what is it? Tell me what it is. <laughs> it's the worst. You it, get that from the bank? <laughs> yeah, it is like you know some things there are like potentially privacy issues and yeah i need to log mm-hmm. in to get that but when there isn't those issues then why aren't you telling me it and the reason you're not mm-hmm. telling me that is because you want clicks you want click through you're re- mm-hmm. you rate your click through and your stats higher than you rate your customers that that's a bad user experience i tricking users into clicking is not a good thing to do like over promising mm-hmm. and under delivering as well is another one that does that and if you're going to keep doing that user bad user experience, then I'm going to unsubscribe. And if you try and block that in any way, if you're asking me to log in to unsubscribe, you're asking me to do all these things to unsubscribe, if you're complicating that process, I'm just going to mark it as spam. I, you know, and, and I think a lot of users do that as well. It's, it's treat your customers with respect. Like user experience is very, very important. And I think a lot of people overlook that. Yeah, just mentioning about, you know, not having a do not reply return address. Like when you have a real address, people will respond with a random problem. Like they're having an issue. Like they're happy to get an email and respond. 
So yeah. many, you know, when you have that available, yeah, it works and it, it improves customer service, you know, and, and everything. Yeah, I'm proud to say that when I was working at a company, our reply to was talk to us at company.com. You know, yeah. like, we're here. We're, we're real people. All right. Well, what have you screwed up? <laughs> I mean, when you're tinkering, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's, uh, you must have something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, making mistakes is, it, like, is something that happens to all of us break things and I, I try as much as possible to do all my my mistakes and all my breaking things in the testing before actually sending anything but one thing that yeah went out which was a bit of a mistake is I did this just back in my first job and I, I had this really cool looking like infographic email and it's like loads of cool information on it and it looked really good and I was really happy with it and um, like all sort of live text and stuff and it was yeah great, great. didn't actually have any call to action and it was no, no sort of like link that was starred like a button, nothing really saying, oh yeah, and then find out more and what it'll do, anything you can do from it. So I was promoting all this stuff without actually telling people how to consume it. So it's kind of like almost the opposite of what I was saying before about like hiding all that information and just like just asking for a click. I was giving all the information, but like not giving any action that you could take on it. So um, yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> there were still links there. We still got some clicks, but it was, yeah, not it was a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, that was sure. that was a mistake. <laughs> All right, let's let's flip the coin. You know, so what was your biggest win? Um, I think like one of the biggest things was moving to Rebel. Like getting getting to work at Rebel was just yeah a big big jump in my career. Now it's like oh, I can focus completely on this thing that I enjoy, and I'm. All right, I'm, I'm pretty good at this, and people seem to like what I say around it, and and I get to do this full time, and it's fun, and we're actually doing new things and like pushing boundaries with it. That was definitely one of the biggest, biggest things, and then sort of taking that that out and sort of sharing it with people, and like people wanting to hear my opinions around it, and doing doing conferences and stuff, and particularly going into like the web conference circuit and doing a load of web conferences. Like people want to web. I generally don't have a very high opinion of email and email code. And then being able to go to like these big web conferences and people are listening to what, what I'm saying about it and I'm sort of changing a few minds and people find it interesting. And it's, yeah, it's sort of uh, almost like going into a hostile audience, um, although everybody was lovely, but they sort of, their opinions around email maybe were a bit hostile and actually sort of changing some minds. That was definitely a big win, I think. For sure. Any particular big wins that you had in like an email that you sent, like meaning that like, I don't know, like blew away expectations, you know, that um, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually see much of the results because I'm oh. always on, on the sort of the building side of it. I don't <laughs> actually see the results a lot, but I know um, a lot of the stuff that we, we sent like with, with particularly like the forms in an email and I think sort of doing reviews in an email and things like that, it's, we definitely saw some very, very good results on that. I think we've like doubled conversion on on a few for a few brands because it's just it just simplifying the process. It's coming back to that user experience thing. If it's like here's a form in an email and you can see exactly what it is, it's the transparency there. You can see what all the questions are. You can see how long the form is, rather than asking somebody to click and then then see the form on the landing page. You're actually showing it to them, so you've got that transparency. And it's just you're changing the question. You're not saying would you like to leave a review. You're saying what do you think and I think that those have had some really big results. I don't have case <laughs> studies as such, unfortunately. And um, there's, yeah, lots of 
information that I can't share as well around that, I think. So, um, <laughs> but generally, yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how did you become like this Neo <laughs> of the email coding world? You know, somebody... You know, or just the developer, it seems like you were like inside the matrix where we were all just all the regular people walking around. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it does kind of just make sense to me. There's a lot of things I'm very, very bad at. But like, this is logical and it makes sense to me. It just sort of it adds up. Like, code is logical. Even when it seems like it's being illogical, there is logic behind it because it's all written in a way. So when an email client is stripping something out, there's a reason they're doing that. And it's, it's not always, you know, sometimes it's buggy the way that they've done it, but there's a reason it's buggy and it's because of this or because of that. So having that sort of idea of why these things are happening, I find that really fascinating and it makes me want to dig into it and understand it more. And I think that sort of, and because I have this fascination and, and I really just want for understanding why all the time, that's what's really helped me sort of dig in and get all this, get this knowledge around it just because I'm really interested in it as well. Why, oh, why is this not working? And then it's like, okay, looking into that and finding an answer. All right. Was that a lot of testing? Like I'm saying, and then you like have ideas and you're like, okay, let's see if this will work. Let's try that, you know? Like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and lots of very small testing. So I'm doing a bit of testing around MSO styles at the moment. There's a new post that's coming out soon. And I'm just on a P tag, putting an MSO style, putting some values in it, sending it as a test. What happens? And that's just like a single like P element in like <laughs> that's it. And it's what what's happening there. And it's really sort of breaking it down into very, very small bits. And then uh -huh. you start adding it up. And it's the same when you get a bug in your code you're sending. Just start pulling chunks of code out until the bug's not there anymore. And then slowly reintroduce them. And then you can find out and just find this if you can the, the tiny bug, yeah if, if you can reproduce a bug with the smallest amount of code possible, then you can understand it. And that's yeah what's really really helps. All right. So what are your top tips, let's say, for either new people getting into developing emails or on the, slide, on the other hand, for marketers? We're all different. We all sort of learn in different ways. So understanding how you yourself learn and develop is something that is pretty key. And that's something that I've sort of, you know, focused a lot on because I'm, I'm dyslexic. So I, I don't learn. I did very badly at school. I don't learn in, in the traditional way, but I can learn a lot in my own way so understanding that really helps and for me a lot of it is asking questions like i was saying just asking why is this done this way okay it's done this way because of this okay well why is that that way okay but then why is that that way and just sort of going deeper and deeper another thing is sharing your knowledge like do you know do a talk go to a meetup do a talk write a article around a blog post or like an internal meetup or anything you can do just sharing your knowledge because when you're trying to explain something, it really exposes the gaps in your knowledge. And I think if you can, when you're trying to do that, and then you sort of start filling those in, that really helps. And it's something I try and do with my website on goodemailcode.com. Go and check it out. I try and go through line by line and explain every line of code. Why is this style here? What is it doing? What bug is it fixing? What, what email clients are affected by this? And it can really help you sort of write better code and understand the code more and if things change, then it's like, okay, I can replace this or I can remove it completely. And because this email client has done an update and I don't need to worry about that bug anymore. So that's, um, yeah, just really sort of trying to understand it and working out what's best for you and how you would understand it, how you're going to learn that, I think is key. All right. 
And what are the top pitfalls or like big mistakes you see people making all the time? I think time is is the biggest issue. I think I I've been very lucky throughout my career. I every job I've had, I've been given time and space and opportunity to learn, to experiment, to try things out, and then to implement them if they work. I think a lot of people try things out, but it's okay. We can try this out, but you have to put it into a campaign because your time needs to be accounted for. This okay, you can try this, but you have to send it. And that seems really off to me. It's you want to try it and and learn it. And then if you can use it, then send it. And I think, so giving people time to, if you don't have that, the experience that I have where I've been given all this time, ask for it. If you manage people, make sure you give them the time. And also, like I said before, it's about understanding yourself and how you learn. I, I can't learn from reading things I need to do things I need to be like practical experience to try and learn things so yeah work out what's best for you so and try and get that time to, to do it and and yeah and if yeah and give people time if you have that if you charge them if you're in that position yeah all right what frustrates you the most about the way email is right now it just feel it feels it feels like we're we're very close to greatness there is a lot of very good information out there about how to do really good design, really good code, really good accessibility, really good strategy, like all these really great things that you can do. And the majority of the email I receive doesn't. And there's a disconnect. There's, there's a few brands doing some incredible stuff, and there's a lot of brands not and it, it's just all, and even the, the brands doing great stuff aren't necessarily pulling all those pieces in. They might be doing one thing very well, but not other bits. And it's just the information's out there. And I, I just want to see like, it all come together. And I think, again, that's probably coming down to time. It's okay, we can redo everything, but everything is already set up this way. So it's it's hard to right, yeah, and I've seen that from the other side of it. Yeah, like brands are so overwhelmed, like to just get out their weekly campaigns and know that it's just yeah, like there's no experimentation. They're not there's no best practice. It's just like okay, we got to get this out. Uh. And like email works, you know, email makes <laughs> makes companies a lot of money, and you can you can improve it and you can make more money if you're you're getting a really good ROI on your email and you give that a little little bump. Like then that's going to be a bigger bump than if you, you put that time and effort into something that's not giving you a big ROI. So actually put the time and effort in and, and give people the resources, allow people to, to like redo things and push the boundaries. All right. So on the flip side, like what brands do you see, you know, doing a great job in the inbox and, and really checking all your boxes? Yeah, I think actually I got a, an email this morning from Bulb, who is my energy supplier and their emails always look really good. They, they're like nice sort of big font, simple layout, very easy to read, like cool little GIFs, great like graphics. Unfortunately, the company has gone under in this big energy crisis we're in at the moment, but they're still, I'm still getting emails while they're in administration. <laughs> so that, that sucks, but um, hopefully I'd, I'd like to see their team go on to do some really cool <laughs> stuff. Also like, BBC are doing some great emails. I think they work a lot with Action Rocket. Who yeah, are they definitely do. Brilliant agency, and like they they're doing some stuff. And also Channel Four, who, who I think work with CACI on a lot of their stuff. Like both those brands, like British TV, 
channels are great. I don't know. If the rest <laughs> right. of the world yeah, I figured. I think you're talking about NBC in New York, you know. But, so, uh, but yeah, that, those two, like the yeah, the British TV, go for it. Like, it's really, really good. Um, really sort of pushing boundaries, doing like great design, like loads of innovation, like interactive email animation. Like, um, there's a cool Channel 4 one which had like dynamic CSS in it. So it had a, a live score of the f- football game that was on at the time. And it's just updating it in the email. It's, oh, it's so cool. And like, all, yeah, all the like the BBC like interactive stuff they've done for um, all the David Attenborough things, <laughs> all the Platter stuff, and yeah, it's, it's so it's so good. And it's like this is really engaging. It really stands out because not many people are doing it. And right. So it's, and, it, and 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 the truth is, they put so much into making that you know, making those series, Planet Earth, Planet Earth 2, I mean, it's like, a, I don't know how many millions are spent on the project, but a lot. Mm. And, you know, like the email was just like, Planet Earth, that'd be kind of, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> so good for them for putting the money into it and making sure, you know, that the email's as wow-worthy as the as the content itself. And yeah, actually, there's, there's um, uh, an email for the new series of Fargo, not the new one, but a few years ago, Fargo on Channel 4 did, and it was, it looked really simple. It was just Fargo is back. And it was like CSS animation, I think, of it, of the words coming in. But that fall back to just having the text. But it just so so much impact. Like seeing that like big email with just simple like text. So you don't have to do like loads of flashy things. And it was like just looked so clean and so beautiful. And it gave you all the information you needed. Right. At the end of the day, that's the main goal should be. And an email delivers the information it's intended to deliver, yeah, in the best way possible. Like, and and the, a lot of the frustrations are always that it's not done in the best way possible. It's not easy to read. It's not you know all kinds yeah. of issues. That do not reply address. Email marketers who run high volume email programs know that the ease with which you can make decisions impacts campaign success. And that's why OnGage made sure it's easy to act on, optimize, and leverage your data. With OnGage, you'll be able to send your customers on personalized journeys based on the data from an action-based dashboard and with in-depth reporting. To learn more, visit hillberg.com slash OnGage and discover what OnGage can do for you. All right, so what are, what are some of the advantages of custom code you know, over an editor? You know, it's interesting because you also mentioned, you know, at Rebel, what you're building is an editor, in essence. Yeah. So, yes, you kind so, of have... Like, so, um, it's, yeah, like, like, editors drag and drop things, frameworks, all this stuff is, is really good for building email and building things fast. And you don't need all this specialist knowledge. But if you're doing it with custom code, one of the big advantages is you've got faster reaction time. Like email clients are constantly pushing updates. They come, like updates come out like daily in, in email clients, and any one of those updates could cause a new bug. And you know we've seen it happen several times. And suddenly, oh no, this is broken here, or this is broken there, or this is broken there. And being able to fix that quickly is a big advantage. And you can just go in and if you custom code, and also if you've got a good sort of build system, you've got all your codes like building very easily and quickly then you can just change one thing and then it will update all your templates that's great and i think yeah that's a big advantage being able to react quickly to that sort of stuff Uh, but it is your responsibility to stay on top of it if you're going for like a framework or a drag and drop or something like that look at sort of yeah 
how is that built? How is it updated? And how do they handle things like that? It's always a good question to ask if somebody's pitching that to you. How do you how do you handle things like that? Also, you've got the opportunity to experiment with new things, new ideas, new hacks, new techniques. Oh, I've come up with this idea. It's like, well, only I can implement that if because if the frameworks come up with it or the drag and drop editor or whatever, they can implement it and then you can use it. But it's it takes a while for those things to sort of filter down to like that that side of it. But um, and you just you just got full control over the code. You can be a lot more exacting with what you do with it. But that is also full responsibility. So any bugs with it, it lies with you. So it's yeah, there's a definitely a balance there. Um, I think, but it's I think a lot of it depends is if you have a dedicated code person who is an expert and knows what they're doing on your team, go for custom code. If you can't, don't have those resources, then get in um, another option in. All right, awesome. All right, so how can you know coders inform marketing? Like usually, you know, the developers are not the marketers. You know, and and you know, and often you know we get things from marketing that like, oh, this is going to be impossible to code. <laughs> so. I don't know if that's going to be your answer, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's communication, isn't it? It's like some things that look really easy to do are actually a lot more complex than you would think. So, like a two-column layout, like we've all we all do them, but it's actually it's it's more complex than it, it looks. And okay, you've got to make it stack, and then okay, you're gonna is it gonna like be responsive? You're gonna stack on mobile? Is it gonna do that without media queries? And getting all that to work is can be pretty complex and if you can pass that sort of information across to the rest of the team then they understand okay this is it looks simple but it's not that simple but other things that look very complex are actually very easy like the gmail annotations you just put a bit of code in in your email right oh those are awesome and it shows up in in the sort of the little <laughs> um annotations in the inbox it's like oh that's that's great and it's like that's very easy to do from a developer's point of view um, right, but it looks like oh, actually, oh, I don't know. That looks like it's a lot of setup, and we have to do all that. <laughs> Not really. It's, it's, it's quite easy. Um, it's, so it's, it's getting that communication. Yeah. It's sort of I think um, like I've got this idea. I haven't implemented it, but you can have like a, a scorecard of okay, if you want to use two columns, then you then that makes it more complicated. If you want to do <laughs> like overlapping items, that makes it more complicated. If you want to put in like custom fonts that does you know, if you want to do CSS animation that does this if you want to do interactive that does that mm-hmm. and then okay so you, can, you can't have all of these things but like equal <laughs> points to them and it's say like, okay you can have I'll give you 10 points and you can spread it across <laughs> these things and you can do what what you want here but you can't do all of it and I don't know breaking it down like that and just so there is that understanding of what is possible and what not and also just build demos like get onto like you know, build things out and share it, build it in like Parson or something. Here's a little demo of something. Oh, we could do something like this, then share it with the team. Go, right. Okay, we can do that. But also let them know how complicated it is to build that and how much time it's going to take you. All right. What opportunities do you feel marketers are missing because they don't have possibilities? I think you just mentioned one for sure, which is <laughs> yeah. uh, Google and annotations. Annotations, I think, is a, is a cool thing. Like, Bimmy is is great. I don't know why everybody's not rushing out to to sign up and get that implemented straight away. It just looks so good in the inbox, and it just gives that that uh, confidence that your customers have when they when they see it. Other things like structured data, which is sort of like annotations, but then beyond that, there's the other areas of that. And I think AMP is. I'm a big fan of AMP. 
there is so much that you can do. It's the biggest like step forward we've had in email markup since HTML came in. Does AMP work in every Gmail account, like email or Gmail-based account, like workspaces? So, and, and, and... so it works in in Gmail. If um, it's like a Google Workspace account, it it works, but it can be. I think it can be switched off at the top level. Oh, um, interesting. And if okay. in, any individual user um, can turn it off, or if they disable images, they turn it off. So there is that option. And then Yahoo and AOL and Mail.ru they will support it as well. So it's yeah, it's not all your subscribers. It's going to only a percentage, but there's so much you can do with it, and you can do. And because of the opportunity with it, you could make you could do a really impressive big thing in AMP that's going to mm-hmm. like triple your conversion rate. And okay, that's only for like you know maybe 30, 40 percent of your users see it, but big. But you're saying the experience is so strong. I I mean I know you know when I you know, I signed up for Stripo. You know Stripo, you know yeah, yeah. Uh, Dimitri. Yeah. So the first time I signed up for Stripo, they their confirmation email did the confirmation in the email. Yeah. And you're we're so like trained when you click the link, you know, the confirmation button, it'll take you to another website so you've been confirmed. Like to just have like the little circle go around and be like you're confirmed was like oh my gosh, it was such a like you yeah, know little, yeah little things like such that. a reaction. Uh, uh, they me. just sort of they, they some of those things you you. Because we're in the industry, we, we notice little things like that. It's oh wow, it's amazing. But somebody who's not in the industry might not notice it so much. They click and it's like, okay, confirmed. That's fine. But it's, it's going back to that user experience thing. It's a better user experience. So they might not notice you're doing something fancy there, but it's they just feel a bit better about the company and the emails they're getting. And there's there's some people that's really, really cool stuff in AMP, but we're only scratching the surface. There's so, so much that's possible. There's a article on email monday i think it is with like 150 different use cases for amp and that's there's so many more than not what's on there but that just gives you some ideas um, right so, so much and it's yeah i think is it, is it going to be expanding like is it is it is, you know the library of things that we can do with it is it is it growing is it like is this version so, two or whatever like yeah so i'm i'm part of the uh amp Freema working group so yeah there, there's things that happen yeah um i don't know if i can talk about what progress and what things are being looked at but if you want something if there's something in amp that isn't there and you want it get on the github repo and we'll put a request in like it, it's one of the things that i've really learned from from being in that group and from working at salesforce is actually people listen to their customers <laughs> if you want these things ask for them and then the conversation will happen internally you might not see the conversation you might not hear the outcome of the conversation but those conversations will happen. And if we get a lot of people asking for something, then it's much more likely it's going to be done. And so, yeah, really do ask for these things. I think, um, yeah, AMP is, is, yeah, great. Do you know, if anything's, you know if anything's happening on the ESP side? I mean, I, Lily Worth is with us. She's been with us the whole time. And there's been a lot of comments going on. You have a big fan club, clearly. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten this many comments on, a, <laughs> on an episode. But no, no, um, there's a lot, a lot of good friends are with us. Um, um, Lily, we have yet to meet, but I'm looking forward to it. But anyway, yeah. So, yeah, our, you know, ESP adoption is happening. Like, is that yeah? So, um, it, it, like Salesforce, we launched supports last year. I think January last year, maybe, and it's growing. And there's more and more tools coming out all the time. There's more and more like support coming, and it's yeah. There, there is when it launched, there wasn't much there to help us, but. 
that is growing a lot. And there's some great companies doing stuff with AMP, like building tools to help you build AMP. And I think, yeah, we are we're getting there and we're getting more and more resources. And and again, yeah, if ask, ask for them. Ask the AMP working group, ask AMP for new things, ask your ESP to support AMP if they're not already. Just put those questions out there. And it might not seem like it a lot of the time, but yet you are being listened to, at least within the AMP, <laughs> within AMP, <laughs> what I've seen within Salesforce, what I've seen, you are being listened to. I can't speak for every company, but I'm, I'm sure they all, they all, all do. So yeah, ask for it, please. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we know that accessibility is you know, a big thing for you. You know, I think actually it's what you spoke about when I saw that your speech in 2016. It was the first time I heard about accessibility. Yeah, role equals presentation. I remember, yeah, I remember some of that presentation. But role equals presentation, that was a big one. Anyway, but you know, so what are companies missing out by totally just like sending an image-only email or just sticking to whatever they've been doing for the last five years? Yeah, so if you're ignoring accessibility, it's just the same as ignoring Outlook or Gmail or or, or ignoring both of them. It's like, okay, we're, we're going to ignore this big section of, of people. And, you know, it, it's sending an email that works for some users, but it's broken for others. It's not good. And it's sort of, you know, it's morally wrong, I think. It's one of the things I, I talk about with accessibility, the reasons for it. It's like the moral, financial, and legal. Like, morally, you shouldn't be discriminating against people. You should be, like, allowing everybody access to this. Accommodating. Like, so morally, you should be doing it. And these people who you're discriminating against, they have money, right? They might want to be giving you their money, and you're stopping them from, from giving you their money. Why would you do that? Your, like, your job is to, whether the you know, email is you're sending, it's to do something, and if people can't, convert you want them to convert in some way or another and if they can't do that why are you stopping them they want to and then finally like the legal side of it it's the law like every country the laws are different but it's the law you can't discriminate against people um i'm not aware of anywhere where this this isn't the law and i, I don't know all the laws of the world but <laughs> from what i've looked into yeah it's the law you need to do this and also with with the accessibility there's there's a great Sort of presentation from quite a while back from Microsoft, I think it was, where they talk about different types of accessibility. It's like permanent, temporary, and situational. So a permanent temp uh, disability is something that you've you've got, you may be born with, or it may come from like a, a an accident or an event in your life that has left you with this disability, and you're going to be left with it for the rest of your life. So, and then temporary is something that you have for that time, but it'll it'll get over and then situational is just for the moment. So like a permanent thing would be if you've had a, a limb amputated, so you've got uh, your arms being amputated, you you just have the one arm to function with and you're going to have that for the rest of your life. And if but that would be a permanent uh, issue, a temporary issue, if you've broken your arm and it's in a sling and you can't really use it while it's healing, but it will come back. Um, but you have those same requirements both those people have the same quotes. And then a situational, if you're holding something, you can't put it down. Like you're holding a, you know, you've got your cup of tea, you're holding a baby, you're <laughs> something like that, you've got a cat on your, sat on your arm. You, you know, you can't move, you can't use that arm for that situation. And so these things affect all of us. I, you know, the situational one is one that really sort of stands out, I think. And, and you can see the benefits of accessibility. Like if you're out in the sun, I mean, we haven't got much out here in, 
right at the moment. But, you know, come the summer, we'll be getting nice and sunny again. And you're looking at an email on your phone and on the screen and the sun's beating down on the screen and you don't have good contrast, you can't read it. If you've got- yeah, I have, a great, I have a great example of that recently. Uh, I'm getting ready for a half marathon in Jerusalem in uh, end of March. And on Friday, I went for a run just as fast as I could really, like I five, you know, four and a half K. But I got back to the car and it was sunny and I couldn't really see what I was doing. You know, I was like getting through that survey, if you know these things about these amps. Uh, so Strava, so shout out Strava, fix this, okay? There's a big button on the bottom, dismiss your run. But I can't see the light, you know, it was in the sun and there's a, the, you know, the save is in the top right, but it's in like small text. And the other button on the bottom is like, dismiss my run. And just like quickly, I've like clicked that. And it's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, shoot. I just deleted all my data. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but it was totally that issue. It was poor design for a sunny environment. Like, yeah, I, I totally missed, you know, where to click next. And I was running. Yeah, th th these things affect <laughs> everyone. So it's like all of us need these, <laughs> these solutions. So, <laughs> poor UX. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's definitely worth <sighs> investing in, and it's just a, a huge missed opportunity if you're not doing it. There's, if you're not, email isn't accessible. It's broken. Like this uh -huh. is a simple for, for don't send people. broken things. Like test things. Don't <laughs> you know? <laughs> don't send something that's broken. All right. Awesome. All right. What are you know for you? Like what are the parts of email development that you find challenging? It, I think yeah, it's the lack of documentation. It's it's all like, particularly when starting out. It's why can't I do this? Why does this not work here? What's this email client doing? And I think as a community, we've done a very good job of filling these gaps. And we like, but it's still, they're still there because it is such a huge void that we need to fill. And I love sort of all these open source projects and I love com contributing to them. And I, I advise anybody to sort of, you know, get involved and share knowledge because the more we share, the more we know collectively. And so, yeah, things like can I email, house target email, the email bugs, GitHub repo that Remy set up, all those sorts of things. They're great resources and we can learn a lot from them. And because it's a community sort of backed thing, when something changes, somebody somewhere is going to see it and somebody somewhere is going to update it. It's not just down to you and your closed off little team trying to fix these things. It's everybody around the world who are helping each other out. But still, yeah, it's still a big issue and it always will be unless the email clients come on board and, and help us out with that, which, okay. you know, hopefully. <laughs> Has <laughs> anyone ever reached out to you from like Team Outlook or Team, Team Google or? Yeah, I, I, I talk to email clients a bit. Outlook I've struggled with. If anybody from Outlook is watching, <laughs> contact me, please. But I, yeah, I talked to like uh, Marcel from Yahoo AOL. Uh, He's, he's absolutely brilliant. I think like, they've got the best relationship between sort of the email senders and email client. They're really good at that. And they're really good. Like Gmail, and because I'm like, part of the, in the AMP for email working group, I you know, have this Talk contact with, people. with Gmail, <laughs> with Yahoo, with Mail.io, and, and, and we can sort of talk there. So it is, I think, yeah, there are barriers there and there are things that we're doing. There's, there's a couple of projects as well that I'm working on, which we're hoping to sort of help with that side of it um, a bit more. So hopefully we're going to be launching some stuff soon. Um, so keep your eyes out for that. All right. Awesome. All right. So we've actually reached the end. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just uh, you have the floor, you know, if anything else you want to share, go for it. Yeah. 
contribute to the community if you can and don't feel bad if you can't if you don't have the time that's fine <laughs> but yeah if you can if you can share your knowledge do it and i talk a lot about a lot of the flashy really fancy things um you can do an email and these work well and they they, they perform great but it's in, important to have a solid foundation behind all of that because otherwise they're just going to fall apart and it's not going to help at all so get your basics right first and basics are accessibility is the key thing if you write just a simple bit of code using head heading structures using semantic code layer out that's accessible then you put your design on it and then you sort of play around with it and each time you sort of add more then it's you have the opportunity to enhance the accessibility or to break the accessibility and so you start off very simple and it's good and you can make it a lot better or you can make it worse so really yeah don't do broken emails don't send broken emails if it's broken don't don't do it <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome all right thank you so much uh really appreciate you coming out today yeah thanks and, for having um, me um for sure stick around i'll bring you back in a second all right uh, that's our show for today thank you everyone who was watching willie worth avi goldman and another special thanks to Engage. Uh, check them out at Engage.com. Mm -hmm.